Thanks for checking out this weekly Sunday message from Carrollton UMC. We pray that God will use this to speak to you and help you grow in faith. We invite you to join us this Sunday at our 10.30 a.m. one-hour service in person at our location in Uptown New Orleans or live online on our YouTube channel or Facebook page. To learn more about Carrollton, please visit carrolltonumc.com. And we hope you enjoy this message. Our scripture this morning comes from Romans, verse 3, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verses 9 through 18, entitled, No One is Righteous. What shall we conclude then, says Paul? Do we have any advantage? Not at all, for we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are under the power of sin. As it is written, There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have become, they have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways, and the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. The word of God for us, the people of God. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you in all ways, for you are our rock and our ever-present Redeemer. Amen. All I can say after that scripture is, yikes. Jesus, say it ain't so. Let me see. I do not understand. I have turned away. I do not do good. I do not know the way of peace. I do not seek God. I have become worthless. My tongue practices deceit. My eyes do not see the fear of God. You know, as you may recall last week, we left here understanding two key concepts. The first was that Scripture and Christ were telling us we're not supposed to be spending our days trying to impress other people, showing off, if you will, in a way that we're trying to impress others that we are somehow worthwhile individuals. And the second uh, item in which we focused last week, which led to our conclusion on the first item, was that Uh, If we truly follow Jesus, our goal is not to impress God, but our goal is to be obedient like Jesus was, doing what we're supposed to do. The overarching theme, though, for both of those lessons was this, is that we are saved from our sins because we've been granted a gift from God, a gift we cannot go out to work and to earn, and a gift that we simply accept by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And yet, Being saved from our sins more or less logically entails that we are sinners. We spoke last week that we often inadequately focus on improving ourselves in the sin area, but instead validate our behavior by saying things like, well, I'm not so bad, at least not as bad as the next person. That conversation might go something like this. Do you realize that you are a lost sinner? Well, of course. We're all sinners. Ah, 
But that often means very little or nothing when people say that. Are you yourself a sinner? Well, hmm, I suppose I am, but I'm not what you would call a bad sinner. I think rather I'm a good one. You know, I always try to do the best I know. A good sinner. Is that like being an honest liar or a decent thief? Someone who is really far away from admitting that they're in the wrong, not close to admitting that they need God's grace to be saved. So here's an interesting fact. Good sinners, and even and maybe especially good sinners who claim to be very religious or Christian, are often the most difficult people to reach with the gospel. You probably know some folks like that. They give money to good causes. They volunteer for things, although usually typically high-profile volunteerism so that everyone can see that they're volunteering. But here's the thing. Even Jesus and Paul knew this. They said the Jews to whom they were ministering at the time, they trusted in their own religiosity and in their own good works and didn't see their need to trust God. Instead, they were self-reliant and the world of right and wrong, and therefore the world of sin for them, began and ended with them. In their day-to-day lives, there was no chance that they were going to feel the conviction of any of the sins they might commit, except maybe if the sin was like over-the-top crazy sin. But to be clear, in our scripture today from Paul, Paul isn't saying that every person does all those sins, commits all those sins all the time, but Paul is saying that the seeds of all of those sins are planted deeply in every one of us. So if we read that description of human nature and we said to ourselves, well, thank God I'm not like that, then we have to uh, understand that we have not yet allowed God to open our eyes to the true condition of our hearts. If we don't understand the seriousness of the disease that is sin, we're not going to seek the cure, whether we seek it for ourselves or to share it with those people who outwardly seem to be good folks but don't really have a connection to Christ. Now, you may bristle at that notion that I'm not out of touch like that, but ask yourself about people that you know who don't have a church home, and you know plenty of those people. Ask yourself as you look around the church today and see some open seats, where are those folks you know who don't have a church home who you invited to church today? To be righteous, by definition, is to be blameless with regard to God and our fellow man, to live in perfect community with God's law. Since being righteous in that way is impossible for us on our own, that means that there is not a single person, not one who, apart from God's justifying grace, can stand as righteous before God. So the point of today's message is to help us on a day-to-day basis be out from the power of sin, or as Paul put it in Romans 6, he said we are slaves to sin. Remember, this this is not about whether or not somebody can go out and do a good deed or something like that. But remember what Isaiah said in Isaiah 64. He says, when we continued to sin against those who truly follow you, O Lord, you got angry. How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean and all our righteous acts, all our good deeds are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and the wind, and like the wind, 
we are swept away with our sins. Now, if you've been at this church for any length of time during my eight years here, I mean, you just can't get rid of me. I'm like a bad habit. You know that I don't preach about politics. And most of the time, I like to preach on subjects that I'd say are upbeat and happy subjects. But, and I, I know there's plenty of churches out there who would not preach on today's scripture lesson from Romans 3 because they say it's too negative. It puts people down. It tears down people's self-esteem. It makes people feel terrible about themselves. It doesn't seem loving or kind. But as one pastor put it, he said, Paul knew that the most loving doctor will tell you the truth about your disease. If the doctor knows that you have this illness and he has the cure, but he just hugs you and tells you what a great person you are and sends you out the door, then the doctor doesn't love you. But Paul gives us the balancing good news also in Romans 3, not in our scripture today, but right after it, where Paul says this. He says, righteousness is given through faith in Jesus to all who believe in him. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but all are justified freely by Jesus' grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. What what does that belief in Jesus look like that Paul is talking about? Well, Paul tells us in Scripture what it doesn't look like. This is right before today's Scripture in verses 7 and 8. He says, someone may argue, if my falsehood enhances God's truthfulness and so increases his glory, why am I still condemned as a sinner? And Paul says, why not say, as some slanderously claim that we say, let us do evil so that good may result. Paul says, their condemnation is just. So all of this leads to one more corollary. You remember last week we discussed what a corollary is, a second thing that follows from a first thing when the first thing has been proven. And our first thing proven today is this, our righteousness before God is fully available to us. Being saved through faith and having a belief in a Savior. Now, the corollary to that is this. If we truly have that belief that we talk about, if we truly have that belief in Jesus, then we will strive to follow his ways, not our own ways. We are saved by Jesus from the sins we commit, but by following the ways of Jesus that takes us out of the grip of sin in our day-to-day living. I'll close by giving you a cheat code for today's message and to make the title of today's message make a little more sense to you, I hope. Jesus' arrival on the scene 2,000 years ago uh, brought about a lot of discussion about the laws, the Old Testament laws that the Jews were governed by. And these laws set forth all manner of rules and practices, in essence telling the Jews how to be and how to act. And the law revealed very clearly what was a sin. As Christians, we are not under the law. But Jesus, in his discussion of the law, and Paul affirms this several times in his writings, says this, the law is summed up in one word, love. Act in all ways in everything you do, in love. When we take that one way, the single narrow path that Jesus provides to us, we will find that we have learned to love and to not sin. 
not by the law, but by following the examples of the life of Jesus. Let us pray. Jesus, you have given us the example of the life to live, and yet, Lord, we don't honor that, we don't know that, we don't search that out. Lord, help us to be avid studiers of the word, to search out the meaning of our life, the purpose of our life by studying the life of Christ and applying his examples to our life so that we can be more like him each and every day. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, your son, our Lord and Savior. Amen.